0: Welcome to the andy griffin show wake up with your chance to sound off give your opinion and tell us your thoughts it's on it's now it's here it's the andy griffin show on news radio 890 92.5 KDXU, southern utah's news talk leader
1: Welcome to the program. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in on this day. And of course, we'll take your phone call 673 5890. I love looking at text during the show, too. 435 467 5842. Jimmy Keston joins me on the program for the first uh, half hour. Hi, Jimmy. Good morning, Andy. Good to
0: see you, man. For the second time today.
1: Yeah, Jimmy, uh, in, for those of you that don't know, uh, I do morning show. I start here, uh, go on the air at six o'clock, and At 725, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, my political specialist is a guy by the name of Jimmy James Keston.
0: I've heard of him, but not even my mother called me James.
1: I saw somewhere you were listed as James Keston.
0: Was that, like, that, that, is where my, was that is my legal name, and mm-hmm. it comes in very convenient because if anyone calls the house and asks for James, we yeah. know they're trying to sell us something. Yeah, My,
1: my wife's real name is, well, she goes by Shelly, but that's not her real name. So when they call and ask for her real name, I know that, that these people don't exactly. know who
0: she is. And we're the she, same way with James. No, if anyone calls me James, you know they don't know me.
1: We're going to talk politics a little bit today, uh, and especially the January 6th uh, hearings that are going on. Uh, and we, Jimmy and I have talked about it on, on his little morning hits a, a couple of times, but uh, I'm still amazed, Jimmy, that uh, this is supposed to be, okay, a congressional hearing, right? You get a little bit from each side, you have a fair question, you have a fair hearing, and they didn't even try for that. They got a couple of uh, Democratic Congress uh, congressmen, and then they got a couple of uh, rhinos, a couple of uh, uh, Republican congressmen who don't like Donald Trump. Well, they to, are both
0: never Trumpers. and
1: To sit on this committee, and that just, I, it boggles my mind. It's like, wait a minute. Is this like the Salem witch trials, or what What are we doing here?
0: Well, I mean, this—you know, one of the first things that, that we probably have to talk about in relation to this committee— is 100% of the members of this House committee investigating what happened on January 6th mm-hmm. uh, were placed on the committee by the Speaker of the House, uh, Ms. Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Now, that in the entire history of the United States Congress, that has never happened. The minority leader in this case, Kevin McCarthy, right, Right. the minority leader has always been able to place a a, a certain number of congressmen on the committee from his caucus, right? Now, it it, it's now, it's not an equal number. The majority has, uh, uh, you know, the advantage. They'll get more members than the other. But it's the minority leader who gets to select which, in this case, Republicans would be on the committee. Well, Madam Pelosi rejected all of the congressmen that McCarthy wanted to put on hmm. guys like Congressman Jim Jordan from Ohio and uh, banks and some others. Some, you know, who would have asked the right kind of questions. And instead, she selected two Republicans who are both never Trumpers. Miss Cheney, uh, who is a uh, currently 30 points behind her challenger in her primary race, (laughs) according to polling. And Adam uh, 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 Kinzinger out of uh, Illinois, who, uh, while he's not only a never-Trumper and uh, uh, been, you know, big supporter of impeachment, all that kind of stuff, he was rewarded in Illinois as the Democrats in the Illinois House uh, redistricted him right out of a job, so he's not even running. Wow! Uh, Wow. So that's what happens when you uh, help out the Democrats. They still redistrict you right out of a job. But, yeah, neither one of these people are objective. Um, Liz Cheney is publicly stating her goal is to put Donald Trump in jail, uh, which is not exactly even constitutionally – uh, uh, something that a congressional committee would do.
1: That's like a judge in a trial saying, I think you did it, but we're going to go ahead and have a trial anyway.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the, the the way the Constitution is set up, a committee like this should have been seated to discover what happened in order to uh, uh, put legislation together to deal with whatever security issues were there. A right. select committee like this is supposed to be advising the Congress on legislation that's needed in fact the only purpose for a committee like this is supposed to be to gather information for the, the purpose discovery. of crafting yeah. legislation yeah. not uh, uh, criminal trials in fact the chair of the committee has admitted that there are not going to be criminal referrals coming from this to which um Ms., uh cheney uh, immediately went public and says it's too soon to say that <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and man. our friend Adam Schiff uh, uh, has uh, assured everyone on television, I think either yesterday, it might have been yesterday, uh, or this this weekend, uh, that there is substantial, substantial evidence that he has seen of criminal uh, behavior hmm. by uh, President Trump. Of course, we still haven't seen the evidence he promised us from the Russia hoax. When he went on television and said, there is absolute, I have seen the evidence that will put Donald Trump in jail, uh, uh, colluding with Russia, uh, uh, or, you know, and that evidence never materialized. There was none. And now the same Adam Schiff, who's on this committee, is saying, we have the goods uh, uh, for multiple criminal offenses by the former president, but uh, he's not exactly the guy you would expect In fact, I can't even imagine why Madam Pelosi put him on this committee, much less being able to speak for them on stuff like this. His credibility is a little shot.
1: Let's talk if we we can for a minute, Jimmy, let's talk about uh, how to sort this out in our own mind, because I think that's been one thing that's been missing, because what we see, first of all, the trials have actually gotten fairly decent ratings. Twenty million people or whatever have watched a couple of them, Uh, but I think as a conservative and as a Trump supporter, uh, it's hard to resolve January 6th completely in my mind because some, some things were done wrong. And I'm not blaming President Trump. Uh, but some things, some people did some things they weren't supposed to do. I don't think anybody killed anybody. That you know, I mean, the only person really that killed anybody was a police officer killing one of the protesters. I don't think anybody right. did anything.
0: Ashley Babbitt. Violent. We'll, we'll yeah. Say her name. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't think anybody did anything violently wrong. But I think that there was definitely some things done by. People who support President Trump. And so
0: well, and there was how, how there we was,
1: sort it all out in our head? Then, yeah, that's
0: a great question. And there was some violence on that day. And, and let's be clear, uh, um, regardless of your opinion of the election and the irregularities, and we know that there were some problems in four or five key states, um, uh, which we can get to at another time, regardless of how you feel about that, what happened on January 6th was a tragic mistake. First of all, anybody who went into that Capitol was uh, not thinking clearly. I would right. say they were they were foolish. Uh, if for Good no word. other reason, it wasn't going to change what, what Congress was going to do that day. Right. It also uh, was going to be, in fact, the moment I heard this was going on on January 6th, My reaction was, oh, no, we are never going to hear the end of this. This Mm -hmm. is going to be used to batter and bash conservatives for perpetuity. Um, uh, uh, You know, there were some troublemakers that apparently scuffled with police. You're right. Nobody uh, uh, died. There was a police officer that a day or two later had a stroke or a heart attack that was completely unrelated to January sixth. But the only person that died that day was one of the protesters who was shot by an unarmed protester, shot by a Capitol police officer. Um, But this was this was foolish. It was wrong. There is never. It was serious. All right, let's, let's be clear here. Uh, 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 going into the Capitol like that, regardless of the videos we've seen where they were being welcomed in uh, uh, and, and, and really looking like they were having more of a good time, there were no weapons on any of these people, but it was wrong, it was foolish, it was a mistake, it was, uh, uh, it was a black mark. I mean, uh, uh, storming Congress is not something we do. In the United States of America. Not, and as a conservative and someone who was a strong supporter of the president, this, uh, this set back our cause. And you can see, we've spent, what, the last 18 yeah. months uh, uh, with the Democrats talking about nothing but this, uh, instead of the conversation we should have been having, which is election integrity. Um, now, all that said, this was not an insurrection by any definition this was not an insurrection. These people no. weren't armed. They had uh, 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 their two-hour protest did nothing to, to it. Democracy was not being threatened, although, like I said, they, uh, the people that went in there uh, uh, against the law should be prosecuted. They shouldn't be in solitary confinement for 18 months, and no. some of them are, but uh, uh, that's a whole other story. Um, and, and so these
1: trials now. These trials are basically an attempt by the left to tie uh, Donald Trump into what happened and, and, in fact, even blame him for what happened. That's not what the trials are supposed to be for. They're supposed right. to be for discovery and finding evidence. But it's turned into we're going to figure out how we can pin all of this on Donald J. Trump.
0: Well, and, and, and you use the right word. They've tried to turn this into a trial and a yeah. show trial. Of course, the House of Representatives does not have, it doesn't do trials. No. This is supposed to be a fact-finding committee right. to influence legislation. And, yes, uh, uh, the entire goal of the J6 committee is to prevent Donald Trump from ever running for president again hmm. they've all but said it out loud some of them have said it out loud uh, some of the members of this committee have said that um, there is uh, um, there is no information that's being even looked for by this committee on what the security lapses were i mean now there are facts that are out here the president of the united states president donald j trump on january 2nd 3rd, authorized 20,000 National Guard troops for the Capitol for January 6th in anticipation of the intelligence that they had, that there were going to be some troublemakers completely separate from the president's rally, which was more than a mile away, uh, where he famously now said, many of you will peacefully and patriotically let your voices be heard when you go to the Capitol. Um, uh, 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 Could the president have done some things differently? Sure. But I have a question. Why has no one on the J6 committee asked the question, why did Congressman Speaker of the House, Pelosi, turn down 20,000 National Guard troops for January 6th, knowing that there was intelligence that the Capitol Uh, was going to have trouble and that there was, uh, that the certification of the election was happening. Why did the mayor of D.C. turn down these 20,000 troops? This is not being, these questions aren't being asked. In fact, the committee has declared that any questions of Nancy Pelosi's actions leading up to or on the 6th are off limits. (laughs)
1: Well, that's her committee, right? Yeah.
0: So, uh, if you wanted to have an actual committee to find out what went wrong on January 6th, what could have been done differently, what should have been done differently, don't you think the uh, 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 the breakdown on bringing in additional security would be at the top of the list? Seems like it. Seems it, like it, it. If this was a legitimate mm-hmm. committee. But yeah. this committee is not legitimate.
1: Frustrating. I've asked you this before on you know on your little on your little five minute hits in the morning, but I'll ask you here: Do they think we're stupid? Uh, and and by by saying that, I uh, what I mean is they they keep flat out lying to us about a lot of things. Liz Cheney, I I, the, I, I watched the first night. Uh, of the hearing. I haven't watched it since. What's the first night? And I count, I think you're a better was, man
0: than I, I, I think I, think I, I got I, the cliff notes version.
1: I, I counted five or six outright lies, like things that were not true that yep. she said. And I was like, how can they get away with completely? And, and, and you know, you and I have talked about this. You, right. you, we have a lot of people out there who they kind of dip their toes in politics is all. And so when something's on TV, like the, the J six hearings, they go okay. Well, I need to learn about what happened that night, and and when Liz Cheney or whoever is lying about it, that's for some people that's the only knowledge they have of the whole
0: situation. Well, I mean the answer is fairly simple. Uh, the the they they absolutely do believe that they can get away with lying because they've got a willing accomplice in the mainstream media. Oh. Now you know you and I are are, are kind of news junkies. We yeah. we we. Stay on top of this. We, we read the news. Uh, there are many people, particularly conservatives, that get their news from a wide variety of information. But if you get your news from CNN, uh, MSNBC, the New York Times, and the mm-hmm. Washington Post, you have never heard any of the things said by these committee members challenged. Mm-hmm. You have been told that there is a multitude of crimes that the former president committed. They are uh, uh, will, like I said, willing accomplices that trumpet everything oh. the left says, and um, and furthermore, if you get your news from those sources, you don't even know that there was an assassination attempt on a Supreme Court justice That's last right. weekend. That's right. None of those other networks carried it, and uh, the New York Times buried oh. it. On page twenty,
1: again, it's it it boggles my mind that we're not. I, I don't understand that. What I, I, you know, fake news was was Trump's thing. Fake news, fake news, CNN, fake news, whatever. And you know, I think a lot of people, general general population, people are going, well, they don't not not printing what he wants them to print, and that's why he's saying that. But when you do when you see something like that I mean we had a guy but he had two rifles and and a bomb or something Yeah, a knife was, a gun a
0: yeah. zip ties a hammer a crowbar I mean he was
1: going to go after one of our Supreme Court justices that should have been front page news in every newspaper in America every website in America that this guy was trying to murder a justice a court justice because he didn't like the what the guy might rule on
0: right I don't know by the way uh, Speaker Pelosi still hasn't allowed the bill that unanimously passed the Senate to provide additional security for federal judges, including the Supreme Court, she won't let it come up for a vote in the House.
1: It's almost like she's okay with... Well, you
0: know, as as long as it's the right justices that are assassinated, I suppose. uh, You know, it's really a situation where Mm. you you asked, do they think we're stupid? No, they think that we can get, they can get away with it because a large portion of the uh, public will never have what they've said challenged anything they say is going to be trumpeted as truth by the left-wing media if you were so, if you knew that no matter what you said the media was going to immediately back you up and call it absolute truth uh the urge to bend the truth would become increasingly uh uh yeah. more and more hard to resist
1: what What happened to my industry, the news industry, because I grew up old school journalism your your goal you, knew, you you had allegiance to no one, your goal was to find the truth
0: what happened? you know I heard someone say something that that really kind of made sense, and they said there was a transition in people who went into journalism that uh, um, that now seem to believe that they should be the story, that they should make the news instead of report the news. That they can, uh, that they can move public opinion by how they report the news. And you have an entire generation of media people who are now in lead positions who believe that the purpose of the media is to create and uh, and shape the news instead of report the news, and uh, who are not willing to put their political. Agenda aside, I mean, Walter Cronkite, maybe the most famous newsman in American history, I mean, or at mm-hmm. least certainly on the list, yeah. you know, he was a well left of center, lifelong Democrat, but you wouldn't know it listening to the nightly I have news no idea what because politics were. because for the most part, while there was some tilt to the left bias in the news, uh, for the most part, the man reported the news. And if there was a Democrat doing something bad, he reported that. Yeah. And if there was a Republican doing something bad, he reported it. They actually reported the news. Now, now everything is shaped through the lens of politics, and uh, and with and the uh, number of people who believe that their job is to shape public opinion yeah. rather than report the news uh, has really destroyed. Uh, uh, The one of the I would say the most important part of the American system is the fact that we have a free press, but we may have a free press, but we no longer have a fair press. Right. And and I don't know how we function without getting uh, actual news reporting uh, back to the forefront.
1: I know the, the, we're talking politics, but I wanted to point out something in sports. My my world for the last three decades has been sports, and just for the last three or four years has been politics. But uh, I remember the shift. It used to be when you covered an event, you worked around the schedule of the event. And then something shifted, and you started having made-for-TV events. You had uh, uh, networks moving the times of games. You had teams cha- changing their whole schedule because the dollars were there from TV to, to broadcast their game. It, it's happened in sports and it's happened in politics, too. Uh, I mean, this whole hearing thing was made for TV events.
0: You know, right. oh, they canceled today's TV event, which means there's trouble in paradise in the uh, Congress yeah. because they canceled today's broadcast as they apparently can't get their uh, story straight. And, <laughs> and and this was when they were supposed to start presenting evidence to back up all of the outrageous claims they made. Um, but, yes, yeah, sports media hasn't been uh, immune from this either. ESPN is no longer a sports broadcaster. They're a political commentary Right while yeah. broadcasting yeah.
1: sports, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, and uh, it's it's troubling, and I don't like it. It uh, it goes against everything that I was taught in journalism school. You you weren't the news; you reported the news, uh, and. I remember sitting in uh, an editorial meeting. They called them budget meetings, staff meeting, basically, uh, to talk about what was going to be in the newspaper that day. And I remember my editor-in-chief, this was years ago at the Spectrum, this was like in the 90s. She said, well, uh, okay, we got elections coming up. Uh, Which candidate should we endorse? And I'm like, What? She said, yeah, we, we need to decide which candidate or candidates we're going to endorse for the upcoming election. And I was just a dumb sports guy. I was a sports editor. You know, I, I was like, well, I didn't think we were supposed to endorse candidates. I thought we reported on the candidates. And and she was like, no, we're going to endorse a candidate and help them get elected. I was like, wow, there's a little, there's a little trouble in paradise. Here.
0: You know, there used to be a clear separa- separation between news and editorial. hmm and that, and these days on most networks, especially television, uh, uh, even in print media, yeah. you, the, the line's so blurred, there, you gone. can't make the distinction between uh, editorial and news.
1: All right, let's take a really quick phone call. Seth, I only have a minute or so before I have to go to weather, but what's on your mind?
0: Uh, yes, sir. Um, I'm holding in my hand two yellow envelopes. Guess what they are? Mm, I don't know. Your ballots. Ballots. Oh, okay. We're cool. having an election, and as far as I can tell, we haven't heard from the candidates that are running on this ballot. I'd like to suggest that as quickly as possible, maybe we could uh, forego a mayor tomorrow and put Alan Davis on.
1: Mm. Well, I can tell you, uh, I have uh, some some uh, policies with this show about candidates. I don't, I don't bring candidates on for the primaries. I don't think it, I think it's uh, premature, and to be quite honest, that race is not very close at all. Anyway, uh, not that that has any influence on what I decide, but uh, yeah, I, I I've uh, ever since I've taken over the show, I said, look, we're going to have candidates on when it comes to the general election. We're not going to have candidates on for the primary. I just don't feel like. It's it's a, a good use of time. And
0: because of my position on the on the state central committee for the Republican Party, I don't endorse during primaries either, mm-hmm. um, uh, as that's not appropriate. There have been a few debates. Uh, the Washington County Republican Party put on a great. A, a night of debates at the yeah. Dixie Center for yeah. all of the House seats and the county commission. Uh, the Washington County Republican women did another one. Um, so there have been some opportunities uh, um, to um, uh, see these candidates and to do these debates. And um, The information is out there if you want it. Is what is what you're saying? Yeah, and and you know every one of these candidates has contact information. I strongly suggest people talk to the people who want to represent you in the Utah House uh, uh, for twenty-eight in the Senate, and uh, and of course on the county commission. Um, uh, I I know all of these candidates and uh, the Republican side, and uh, not a one of them that I'm aware of uh, uh, is afraid to answer questions. Right there have been a couple of exceptions to that but like i say i'm staying out of the race but uh for the most part most of these candidates want very much to talk to you about what they believe and what they want to do
1: i i believe actually i i did a little research it took me half an hour i had phone numbers for pretty much every candidate too and most of them will say yeah call me or text me i'll chat with you
0: i wouldn't vote for somebody who wouldn't answer questions yeah
1: good point Good point. All right, Jimmy, got to run, got another guest coming in, but you were fantastic. Uh, I think you've helped me and helped, hopefully, some of the listeners sort out how we're supposed to feel about this whole January 6th uh, hearing things that, that we're doing. I, I know this. I feel pretty indignant sometimes when they say things, and I go, well, that's not true.
0: When in doubt, question everything and uh, research relentlessly.
1: Good point. Good point. He's Jimmy Kesson. Catch him Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 725 here on KDXU and occasionally on the Andy Griffin Show, too. Thank you, Jimmy. God bless. We'll take a break. Uh, Weather check. And then uh, we'll be back with Brett Pruitt.
0: Compelling guests. Hot topics. The latest news. Always on the Andy Griffin Show. Is there a juicy part in it for me? Right here on News Radio 890. 92.5 KDXU. Southern Utah's news talk leader.
1: Welcome back, and thanks again to Jimmy Kessen for being on the show. I'm trying to help us sort out the whole January 6th hearings mess and everything. Now I've got Brett Pruitt here. Brett is a uh, firearms uh, expert. Can I call you an expert? Is that a good word for it? Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, a uh, former police officer. In fact, he used to uh, train police officers in the... Uh, different methods and way of, of taking care of your firearms and, yep. and when and how and what and everything. and So that, that's pretty cool right there to, to me. You, you weren't just a, a guy who had a gun. You were a guy who showed people how to use and what they were supposed to do with them.
2: And that's the funnest part. Um, yeah. When I got to teach at the academy, I didn't realize just how rewarding that would be. Yeah. And it really is. Watching these kids come in who... Don't know a thing when it comes to law enforcement, being a cop, all the things involved with it. And mm-hmm. then the day they graduate the academy, they think they know something, and they know more than when they came in. But the real education comes on the street. But yeah. watching them grow, that was a ton of fun. Did you ever have, a,
1: a, you know, a, a student, a pupil, or a new cadet, or whatever, and you just you just went, I don't know if they're ever going to get it. <laughs>
2: I did. I'll tell you about <laughs> one. It was my third academy class, mm-hmm. and um, I taught for the state. And so we did uh, Capitol Police, Adult Parole and Probation, Highway Patrol. Okay. Um, and she was going to go be an a APNP officer. And,
1: Which means parole? Uh,
2: uh, yeah, parole okay. and probation. Yeah. And um, when it came to... You don't have to be aggressive as an officer, and this is what I always told them, but you do have to be assertive. Right. You do have to make... There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge difference. And you've got to make decisions on the spot, right now, be they, you know, the right decision or the wrong decision, but you have to make a decision. And when we first started out, I thought, no, this is going to be a washout. Um, I'm going to give her a shot. And Mm -hmm. the day it truly turned on me, we were doing patrol tactics. And it 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 all of a sudden clicked for her, and she, she just blew blew it away. I was flabbergasted; didn't expect it at all. Hmm. And from that point on, she kind of got it. But for a while there, you were wondering for a while, if, it, if it was ever going to. Yeah, she was deer in the headlights, clueless, hmm. just kind of kind of there and not getting it. And then, um, no, she got it. I mean, we washed out candidates who were just the wrong people for the job yeah um you don't have to be super intelligent to be a cop uh you can't be super unintelligent either uh, but you've got to have for any job you know it, it takes a certain person yeah. to talk on the radio in the morning it takes a certain person to be a nurse be a salesperson so on and so forth so it's no different in law enforcement and um But, yeah, she she all of a sudden got it, and it clicked, and and she turned out to be a fantastic officer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Uh, Let's go now to Uvalde, Texas for a minute. Uh, And and I know this about you, so I'm not going to put you too much on the spot, but you don't like to criticize other police officers and decisions that were made. Uh, That being said, however, uh, it seems like, and we don't have all the evidence in yet, Right, we don't know, but it seems like, the police made a wrong decision. They they it, it seems like to me they decided this was a hostage situation instead of an active shooter situation and that cost people lives. It seems like Brett, am I anywhere close to what you're thinking or I, not?
2: I don't think you've gone far enough. I typically don't like to judge officers actions. I wasn't there. I'm not in the moment. At this point in time, what happened in Uvalde, Texas is completely wrong. Um 20 some i I was trying to be careful uh,
1: i'm glad that you're 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 kind of laying it out
2: i had to get up and walk around and breathe um when i heard that the officer stacked up in the hallway and then waited for 45 minutes forget all of the failures up to that point Mm -hmm. um not confronting the gunman as he's on campus and there is a school resource officer there and he was seen and right There was a whole lot of WTF moments going leading up to the 45-minute wait. But over 20 years ago, when I first took active shooter training, two decades ago, right after Columbine, the protocol was if shots are being fired, you go and you kill, or you stop. You've got to stop. You have to go. If there's one of you, you are it. You go and you stop whoever's shooting. If there's two of you, that's what you got. You can't wait until there's six or eight or ten officers and, you know, stack up and go. No, you don't have time. People are dying right now. So you must go in. You must stop the threat no matter what. Now, if you're standing in a hallway and shots are being fired, that is not a hostage situation. Uh-huh. That is an active shooter situation. You go. You go. I don't care if you have to borrow a bulldozer from the construction site next door. I don't care if you have to climb a ladder and break through windows and climb in the room that way. Yeah. I don't care what you have to do. You get in there and you stop the active shooter. That was the training two decades ago. I know it hasn't changed as far as what the protocol is today. And that's why there's a federal investigation into what was going on. Um, there, This was a disastrous mess up i'll use that polite term thank you <laughs> we can't say some of those other <laughs> words on the radio so right from the get go um by the police department you know a you you've got a police chief that's waiting on a radio What do you need a radio for? You've got your officer standing in the hallway right there. And shots are being Shots are being fired. Children are in the classroom dying. Mm -hmm. Um, You even have one of the kids calling and saying, please. Yes. Please send, please, please. Yeah, there's... I'll I'll use the term inexcusable. What happened in Uvalde was inexcusable. Um, There's cowardice involved. Uh, I don't know if it was by every officer, but there's dang, dang sure some cowardice involved, and um, whatever decisions were made were the the person making the decisions is incompetent is is incompetent. I can't say it any other way.
1: Can, is there in any any scenario? Is there an excuse? Can you find a reason why they didn't do what they should have done? No. There, there's no.
2: There's no second guessing. There's no decision making going on. There is either an active shooter situation taking place or there is not. Now, if somebody who was there tells me that was not an active shooter situation, I will laugh in their face Mm -hmm. because people were dying as they were standing outside the door. Yeah. Um, So there's once there's an active shooter situation taking place, there is no decision making going on. You go, you stop the shooter. That's all there is to it. You know, if there's one of you, if there's ten of you, if you have a baseball bat or you have a gun, it doesn't matter. You go, you stop. Um, And that's the way it it is and has been for at least since I took the training. Mm -hmm. And there's just – I cannot dream up an excuse to say that what happened in Uvalde was – Okay, or even maybe I could have come. No, I I can't.
1: Can't can't think of a reason. That's, yeah,
2: I appreciate you being candid about this because a
1: lot of uh, law enforcement officers throughout the country have maybe not given them a pass, but given them a well, we don't know kind mm. of kind of excuse. Yeah, we don't know we don't know what exactly went down, who was in charge, etc., etc. I'm glad, Brett, that you're here laying it out, saying, look. That guy should have been stopped, period.
2: Yep. yep. There and were, I think there was evidence that kids bled out
1: because the, they didn't get in there.
2: People died because they didn't get in there in time. Yeah. There's no question in my mind they could have saved lives. Um, how many we don't know, it doesn't matter. The, right. What they did was wrong. Hmm. Um, and you can lay the blame solely on one or the other person, but if. If I'm at an active shooter scenario as a law enforcement officer, and somebody is saying, no, don't go in, I'm going to talk to them with the talking finger and go. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. I mean, it, you well, know, it was. Well, and you know what else
1: happened? There were parents that were saying, I'm going in. If you want right. to go in, I'll go in. And they handcuffed them and tased them.
2: Dragging parents away. It, it 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 was a, I have to think of all these okay words to say on radio about this whole I, scenario i appreciate it <laughs> so, it was a cluster yeah it was. it was beyond that yeah. but um yeah it just uh yeah yeah it, it,
1: anybody who's and uh, steve called last week when we were talking about this anybody who's a parent would have you, you would have had to shoot me in the back we i would have gone in there uh you know like you said with the baseball bat or a chainsaw or a golf club yeah. or, or a, my concealed carry, gun, I would have gone in there yeah. to save my child's life. And, and I think any parent would have.
2: Yeah. And it, this was a mistake compounded by a mistake, compounded by a mistake, compounded by, mistake, compounded by several bad decisions, God. compounded by more mistakes. The people of Uvalde are right to be angry at their police department. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the police chief has a job in the next six months, I would be shocked. Hmm. Um, and there's, look, officers don't have to die to do their job. I'm not saying go put yourself in harm's way just because. Right. But cowardice in the line of duty is inexcusable. You signed up to do a job, and when kids are dying, and you're standing in the hallway, Get in there. Yeah. <laughs> so well said.
1: Well said. All right. I got to take a quick commercial break in. I wanted to talk. We'll finish up talking about this, but I also wanted to talk about some body cam footage that was released last week of something that happened here in town. I thought it was fascinating and pretty much the opposite result of what happened down in Uvalde, Texas. More with Brett Pro from Roundy's Range right after this.
0: This is the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890 92.5 KDXU. Stay tuned for Clay and Buck coming up next.
1: Welcome back. Discussing firearms today with Brett Pruitt, our firearms expert. <laughs> there it is again. I used it twice uh, last week. It was uh, it was out there with body cam footage of what happened, just not very far from here. It okay. ended up over the Arizona border, but okay. uh, uh, St. George police uh, sadly taking the life of a man, but a man who, in my opinion, deserved to have his life taken. He was uh, held, holding a gun to a baby, a, a child. Uh, threatening the child's life, police gave him warning after warning after warning. Finally, the they they decided you've got to take the shot. Hmm. We got to take this guy down. A sniper set up uh, his his uh, base. His, his, his solid base was on the roof of a of a patrol car, mm-hmm. so he could so he could brace himself and have a solid base. And then he shot and, and ended up killing the bad guy. Baby got bad guy blood on him, but the baby otherwise is okay. Was okay. Uh, to me, Brett. It was exactly opposite of what happened in Texas, because instead of waiting and worrying and protocol and hostage and all this, all this stuff that maybe they were they were going through or they 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 decided to do in Texas. It was a decisive moment for St. George Police Department to say this child is going to die if we don't do something now. And they did it.
2: Right. Yeah, it's. Police officers are placed between a rock and a hard place in a lot of situations. A lot of people think, well, couldn't you talk them down? Or um, shouldn't we have had psychological people or psychologists on scene to help with this scenario? Right. And here's the problem. Law enforcement officers typically do not deal with rational people, especially in high-stress environments like this one. You can't talk down somebody who is in a mental crisis, uh, a psychological crisis, Um, especially if they're a threat to other people. If they're not a threat to other people, take all the time you want. Call in all the psychologists you want. But when the public is in danger, when other people are in danger, when a baby is in danger, you do not have that luxury. And you have to make a decision. It has to be right here right now and then people get to sit back for days or weeks or months and judge what you did yeah and who have monday morning quarter? right and yeah. and that's why i'm hesitant to comment mm-hmm. on on a lot of these things but st george made the right decision the officers on scene um conducted themselves extremely well as far as i can tell yeah and it was a decision that had to be made it's an unfortunate one but the officers didn't put themselves in that situation the The bad guy with the gun threatening a, a an infant put them in that situation did did the fact that he had carjacked the vehicle and that he had no
1: relation at least that they knew of to the baby uh, make the situation easier for the police or more difficult
2: no it's it is what it is you You have somebody who's threatening the life of a an infant even if it was an adult, somebody threatening the life of another individual and mm-hmm you have to make a decision as to whether or not that threat is real or not it was obviously real he's pointing a gun at the at the baby and so you have to eliminate that threat and make the public or the individuals threatened safe again yeah Great. and so Great uh so yeah it's you don't have the luxury of waiting and seeing what happens so At least
1: two times since uh, you've all—I'm changing topics on you again. I'm sorry. We only have a minute, uh, two, three minutes left. Uh, At least twice, uh, copycat gunmen have Mm -hmm. have gone into places to try to harm people and have been stopped by good guys with with guns. Uh, The the recent there was one yesterday. As a matter of fact, it was a a kids camp facility, summer camp facility. Mm And uh, the security guard, the security guard stopped the guy and ended up killing him before he could do any harm to any innocent people. Uh, Obviously, our position on the show is pretty clear. We feel like that the government has no business taking away guns from good guys when they obviously can't take them away from bad guys. But why do these stories keep getting buried? It just drives me nuts that you you you. You go to any mainstream website uh, or, or, or newscast, and mm-hmm. there's nothing about these things.
2: Because it doesn't fit the agenda. Mm. Um, if it doesn't fit the agenda, you don't hear about it. And these psychopaths, these, these individuals that will shoot up schools, these are not your normal predatory criminals. These are cowards. They want attention. And that's why we're seeing these copycat deals. And there's a reason they don't walk into a police department or a gun store or a gun, store, or a gun range <laughs> mm-hmm. and start shooting the place up because they know they're going to get shot back at. Yeah. Why do they choose schools, daycare centers, places, you know, safe zones? Right. Um, because they know it's a soft target and there's very little likelihood uh, that, Harm will come to them so uh, the only way to deal with these individuals is to put the fear of God in them that if they threaten what they think is a soft target um, response will be swift and fierce yeah um, and so I you know I was talking to uh, I can't remember who I was talking to but I'm saying you know we don't see a lot of school shootings in Utah Um, both school staff, teachers, janitors, are allowed to carry firearms on school campuses in Utah. And I think this is why we don't see a lot of this in Utah. Um, A lot of school shootings that you'll hear about in the news are actually gang activity outside the school campus, but right adjacent to it. Um, But we don't hear about school shootings in Utah, and I think there's a good reason for it. For great training, go to
1: Rowdy's Range and Firearms University. Brett Pruitt is one of the owners there, and I've uh, I've learned a lot from awesome. you, Brett, over the years. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you for coming on today. Yeah. Back tomorrow, Chris Staley, mayor of Washington City, is with me tomorrow. He'll bring the fire chief, too. It's going to be fun.